morning, family. It's uh, wonderful to be together in the house of the Lord, and I am uh, really excited and looking forward to sharing the word with you today. I, uh, I believe uh, God has a, a now message for each and every one of us, and uh, so I am really trusting that the Holy Spirit has already started, and I know He has, ministering throughout the service in your hearts and that your hearts are receptive for the word today. Um, I also just wanna take an opportunity because it's the right thing to do as well to wish all the mothers a happy Mother's Day and uh, to remind you that you can get away with so much today. (laughs) It is your day. And uh, so may you be blessed and we lift you up and we, uh, we celebrate you today on this Mother's Day. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet. I thank you, Lord, that in your word we, we have no lack. And Lord, I thank you that in the beginning was the word The word was with God and the word was God. And so, Father, we look forward to this time around your message today and the word, and we pray that your anointing would settle here and that by your spirit, you would start to minister in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can take up your Bibles so long and uh, turn to the book of Jeremiah chapter 6. We will get there in time. Uh, Today's message is all about crossroads. And a crossroad can be defined as an intersection of two roads. So if you can imagine with me for a moment, you're standing at a road, there's an intersection, The, the roads represent your life, and you now need to make a decision which way to go. Go straight, go left, go right. That is pretty much the definition of a crossroad. We, however, tend to think of it as a straight road with crossing roads ahead of us. So for a moment, just imagine again, pull yourself out to 30,000 feet, and look down and realize that it's a network of roads and that in fact, it's not a straight road. And I'll show you a little bit later in in terms of uh, non-biblical research on this that confirms actually the way it is. I'll show it to you a little later. So at 30,000 feet, you're looking down and you see this network of roads and you realize it's not straight. Now if we come back down to road level where you can see in front of you, there are some crossroads which are further apart. In other words, there is a long period of time before something happens in your life where you need to make a determination in terms of which way to go. Sometimes, which I find in particular where we are at the moment, if you look ahead in the road, there's just a whole bunch of crossroads and they're just piled on top of each other. And uh, so you know that 
you're gonna go from one crossroad very quickly to another one, and there is decisions to be made in terms of which direction to take. Now, I want to be very clear that not all crossroads represent bad things in our lives. Some crossroads are in fact very exciting and are to be looked forward to. Think about going from childhood to adulthood, deciding on a, a path of study and ultimately a career path. Think about finding your life's partner and marriage. Husbands and wives are a gift to each other in the, the journey of life. Think about children, and with that parenthood, I'm sure everyone here who is a parent will agree it was a big crossroad. Because you had your plans, and then this little beautiful bundle arrives, and well, it's amazing how this little bundle dictates what's happening in the home. And so, I, I realize that having children is also a, a major crossroad in our lives, but they are a gift and they're a joy to have. Another major crossroad in life is when we come to Jesus. We come to salvation. What a wonderful juncture in life. Think about it for a minute when you made Jesus the Lord of your life and how it changed the trajectory of where you were going. Think about when you were filled with the Holy Spirit and when your life went from just life to an empowered life in Him. So wonderful. We would be amiss not to say that some crossroads are actually really difficult and tough. And some examples of these crossroads could be breakdown of relationships, loss of a loved one, incredible strain and just the stress of life. Something which we're experiencing at the moment if we were just to look at the, the global economy and even bring it into the home, there's great financial strain at both a macro and a micro level. In 2 Timothy 3 verse 1, it says in the Amplified Classic, but understand this, that in the last days will come, and in brackets it says they will set in. In other words, it will become normal. In the last days will come perilous times of great stress and trouble, hard to deal with, and hard to bear. And so when these times of great stress and trouble come along, and if we, to understand the word of God in the, in the last days where we find ourselves today, it seems as if it will set in. And so we can get caught up in the hustle and bustle of life, and if we, we stand back and we are not careful eventually, we are like the hamster on the hamster wheel and we are just running as if our life depends on it, but we're not going anywhere. And I do believe that this is a strategy of the enemy in these end times. It is the strategy of the enemy 
to keep us tied up and caught up in the things of life, the stresses and the trouble and the difficult things that we need to deal with on an increasingly regular basis. And so today's message is a word of encouragement from the Lord to us to remind us of a few things, of his absolute love for us. God wants to remind us of his goodness towards us, that he has provided all that we need to get through the crossroads of life. He wants to remind us that he has spoken into these matters in his word, and we can rely on him. So just as I mentioned earlier, a side note, research was done in regard to, well, they, they give it a different term. I call it the crossroads of, of life. That's the term which the Bible uses. But studies have shown that we have a, a linear expectation of life. When in reality, our lives are nonlinear. So if you just pull yourself again to 30,000 feet, the reality is you see this network of roads that represents our lives. Yet we have an expectation of a straight line road with a beginning and an end and these crossroads that come and go from time to time. The linear way of thinking uh, of life, uh, according to this research, is that we have an expectation that life will follow a trajectory up to a peak where we eventually go, well, this is the maximum I'm gonna achieve in my life. And then it's a linear path down until you reach the place where your life has ended. But we all know, even though they're doing research on these things, that the reality is not linear, but yet we get entrapped in this linear way of thinking about our lives, and it's amazing sometimes how the disappointment sets in when things do not happen the way we thought they would. According to research, we will have three to five of what they term major life's quakes or as the Bible would term them, crossroads in our lives. Again, the research shows that on average, the span of these crossroads is up to five years. That's up to 25 years of our adult lives are in facing some sort of crossroad. So surely then, if these crossroads are inevitable, should we not rather embrace the crossroads of life and not stigmatize them. You see, the Bible says they're gonna come. So why do we try and think of a crossroad as a disappointment when, and stigmatize every crossroad, deal with it with fear, when the Bible says that they are gonna come? Over and above that, God has told us these crossroads are gonna come and he has provided a way for us to deal with them. And so I found a, a beautiful scripture that came to my attention while I was reading a book and, and the more I, I get into the scripture, I just realize how practical it is and how purposed it is for the times we are living in today. 
So if we have a look at Jeremiah 6, verse 16, and I'm reading from the NIV version, it says, this is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths, ask where the good way is, and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. Did you know that half of the New Testament quotes from Jeremiah are in the book of Revelations? I didn't know that. And if you consider that the book of Revelations is the end time book, if I could put it that way, then surely we should take note of what the, the book of Jeremiah is telling us regarding the end times. And so I look forward to sharing with you how we are to deal with the crossroads of life. It's also important though to note the context of the scripture as it relates to the tribe of Judah. Because I believe at every crossroad, there is a decision to be made. Because you can't stay at the crossroad, ultimately. And so I believe that there's a choice to be made at a crossroad and we as individuals need to make it, but I also believe that as a nation, we are at a crossroad. South Africa, I believe, is at a crossroads, church, and the Lord is teaching us through his word how we are to navigate this crossroad as a nation. And so I'm so encouraged by the, in the first service, John spent some time praying about our nation. I was so encouraged by the words that were shared about our nation. But I really want us to realize that as a nation, we are at a crossroads. And God is given us everything we need to navigate that crossroad. So when we go back to uh, Jeremiah chapter six, verse 16, I didn't read the whole verse. And so the message was a warning to Judah uh, about his pending, God's pending judgment on them should they not heed his warning. And if you look at the last sentence of Jeremiah 6, verse 16, it says these most unfortunate words. And so it says in the last part of Jeremiah 16, 6, but you said, speaking of the tribe of Judah, we will not walk in it. So God gave them everything they needed to navigate this crossroad that they were facing and yet the decision was made purposefully that we will not walk in it. And this led to a, clearly a bad decision on the part of the tribe of Judah. And they suffered an invasion from Babylon and were taken into exile. And yet the people brought this upon themselves purely because they didn't heed the word of the Lord for them. Now that we understand some of the context of the, the scripture, how do we handle the crossroads of life? How do we handle the crossroads of life with a view to embracing the wisdom that God has given for us in his word? How many of you, when you think of rest for your soul, 
say, I could do with some rest for my soul at this time. So in Jeremiah 6, verse 16 again, it says, stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient past. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. Let's have a look at some of the practical wisdom that God has given us. Point number one, stand and look. How many of us are willing to admit that many times we actually just run ahead of God? I know I have. Uh, I am sure that if you're honest, there are times that uh, you've run ahead of God. And yet the instruction from the Lord when we reach a, a crossroad is to stand. And it, it seems like so obvious, but is it actually obvious? If it is that obvious, then I challenge myself as well and say, why do we get it wrong so many times? The reason I believe is that we live in such a highly paced society where everything needs to be immediate. There is an expectation and a pressure that's placed on each and every one of us that when we hit a crossroad, we need to make a decision right now. What to do, are we going left, are we going right, are we going straight? And all this pressure is put on us to make quick decisions. And so what happens is, in some cases, we tend to blast through these crossroads and we do not understand the consequences of not standing at that crossroad as God has instructed us to do. I wanted to give you an example of, how many of you can remember dial-up connections? How many of you? <laughs> can you imagine a dial-up connection in the world we live in today? We want answers like this. Type it into Google and there it's right there in front of you. You know, in the age of uh, AI and all kinds of things, the temptation is there to say, well, I'm at this crossroad, let me just type it in, I'll probably get an instant answer uh, that's generated from the wisdom of the internet. Imagine it, imagine it. So we have become conditioned for the instant, and so it is counterintuitive to us to actually stand. And yet God's direction is that we stand, not run, walk, sit, his directive to us is to stand. Just as a, a little side uh, laugh, I'm sure you will agree with me, there is no explanation, there is absolutely no joy in load shedding. There is no joy. And so I'm not gonna give you any five-point plans and load shedding. This. But has load shedding not taught us how to wait? And it, it, it grinds on everything that we are not used to. Waiting for power. <laughs> the word stand here is of itself a message of its own. Some of the words or definitions outside of the obvious that caught my attention from the Hebrew is the words abiding the words endure, the word persist, resist, restore, be still. Church, how God wants us to come to this crossroad and just 
stand. When you enter or approach a crossroad and you don't know what to do and there's no, there's no peace in your spirit and, and, and you're almost at a point of frustration, may you be reminded of the scripture because God is saying when you're in doubt and you don't know where to go, I have told you to stand. You know, Jesus was never hurried. Jesus was always measured, disciplined, and deliberate. I believe that comes from not hurrying and being rash and making quick decisions. The Bible is full of examples in the Old Testament and the New Testament of people who ran ahead of God. And as I mentioned them, I'm sure you will recognize straight away. Abram, Sarah, and Hagar, when it came to the promise of Isaac, yet they hurried God and gave birth to an Ishmael. Think of Moses who, who was set apart to deliver, and he did deliver the Israelites from the Egyptians. But he took matters in his own hand uh, in his youth, and he took the life of an Egyptian. And God had to go through a process of 40 years with him before he could come back and actually do what he was tasked to do, and that is to deliver the people of Israel from the Egyptians. One which is not really known much about is found in the book of Acts, and I'll share it with you quickly. Jesus gave a, a, uh, an instruction to the disciples when he was taken up into heaven, which said, go and wait for the Holy Spirit. That was his instruction to them. And so, while they were together waiting, they came up with this idea. I don't even know why it's recorded in the Bible. I'll figure it out one day. But where they decided, well, Judas has now taken his life. We need to find his replacement. That was not the instruction of the Lord to the disciples. It was go and wait. So they, they pray about this and who they should include as the new disciple to replace Judas. I believe God was purposefully silent because they eventually decided to cast lots to make the decision. They were forcing the hand of God. And so, the, the lots fell on uh, a gentleman by the name of Matthias. How many of you have heard of Matthias? How many of you have heard anything about him beyond that story? You see, they forced the hand of God and they appointed someone when the reality is the Apostle Paul is what God had in mind. Think about it. So, the message here is that God does not need our help. His directive to us at a crossroad is to stand. Family, some of us need to get this today. Standing is not inaction. It is a plan of action. It's a plan of action that our God has given us. So let's obey that plan. In Psalm 37 verse seven, it says, also be still and know that I am God. 
It's in the standing that we get the confidence to know God and the direction he wants us to take. So the second directive we see outside of standing is that we are to stand and we are to look. Now the, the Hebrew word here in terms of look is literally consider. So God is telling us that we are to stand at the crossroad and we are to look. We are to consider. And some of the other Hebrew translations of the word speaks of give attention, indeed look, make an inspection, observe, take into consideration. So the question is, what are we to give attention to? What are we to inspect? What are we to observe? What are we to take into consideration? And as we'll go now into point number two, we realize that we are to take the word of the Lord into consideration. Point number two, ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is. You see, the word ancient paths and the good way is referring to the Torah, the law of God. So God is telling us very practically that when we arrive at a crossroad, we are to stand, we are to look, and we are to consider the word of the Lord. That is what he's telling us to do when we are at a crossroad. The Hebrew definition of the word ask is to demand. Another iteration of the word ask is to beg. And so God, what God is really telling us is we need to, we need to stand, we need to look at the word of God, and we need to demand an answer. We can even beg for an answer. That is what that scripture is telling us to do. And so the reality is that it's, I believe, very practical as to why God gave us the instruction to go to his word when we are facing um, a crossroad. You see, because God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. And so it speaks to his consistency. In the beginning was the word, the word was God, and the word is God. So it is the most reliable source of direction for any born again believer is the word of God. And so it, it takes all the emotions and the contradicting counsel, anything disturbing your peace as you wrestle with this crossroad and it speaks the very life of God into your consideration. My mother used to have a saying, when in doubt, leave it out. And it speaks true to me in the modified sense of a crossroad. When you do not know where to go, then stand. Go nowhere. Until you have looked, considered the ancient paths, his path which can be found in his word. And when you have found it, and you will, because he promises it to us. Psalm 119, your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light on my path. 
Psalm 130 verse five says, I wait for the Lord, my whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. In Psalm 18 verse 30 it says, ask for God, his way is perfect. The Lord's word is flawless. He shields all who take refuge in him. See, God's word is the best navigation tool for our lives. We will never make a wrong turn or get lost as we follow the word of the Lord's direction. Jesus speaking in Matthew 7 verse 7 says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. So once we have asked for the ancient paths and asked where the good way is, then we must, point number three, walk in it. You see, we need to hear what God says, and then we need to do what he says. That speaks to obedience. James 1 verse 22 says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. Proverbs 28 verse 26 says, those who trust in themselves are fools, but those who walk in the wisdom are kept safe. And so we cannot get stuck at a crossroad. A decision has to be made at a crossroad. But God has told us what we need to do. Stand, look, ask, and when he has spoken, we need to walk in it. That's his instruction to us. And so in particular at this time when we are all faced with some or other crossroad in life, if we just can follow the wisdom of the Lord as laid before us in Jeremiah 6.16, then we can fully rely on him for the right outcome. You see, the burden to carry the load of which way to go and the decision to make and is it this direction and you have all these voices in, you know, of counsel saying do this, do that and then on top of it you, you take the pressure of you must do it now. What is your answer? Which way are we going? It is a burden which God has not designed you to bear. It's not a cross he has asked you to carry. All he has said to you is there will be crossroads in your life and you need to approach these crossroads according to his word and he will do the rest as you walk in obedience to him. And so the total outcome of following this instruction that the Lord has put in front of us is a promise and that promise is we will find rest for our souls. You know, maybe you are here today and you say, you know, Byron, I've been blasting through these crossroads and I've been making my own decisions and I have gotten myself into trouble. And maybe you have got yourself into so much trouble that you don't know what to do anymore because you think you've just gone too far. You've rushed so far ahead of God. Well, God has provided an answer for us which brings us great comfort. I believe the answer to that question is stand. 
Start the process again. Stand. Look. Ask. Then walk. And he will give rest for your soul. In Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30, many scholars believe that Jesus was quoting from Jeremiah 6.16 when he spoke these words. And it goes, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And here it comes, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Before I pray, I, I just, if you'd give me a minute, I, I was feeling quite burdened about something in the week and I, I, shared, I shared it in the, in the first service and I think I'd like to share it with you here now. The nation of South Africa is clearly in a crossroads. At the same time, many of us are in a crossroads. Many of us, and what I believe the Lord has laid on my heart uh, to share with you in this regard, many of you, regardless of culture, race, color, anything, are contemplating immigration. My wife, uh, who's a medical doctor, was actually chatting with somebody the other day an African lady and she's an engineer and she's packing her bag. She's immigrating to Australia. I believe the decision to immigrate is probably one of the biggest crossroads for you ever to consider. And while the, all the logical reasons are there to find a reason to immigrate, I just want to encourage you that until you have followed the process, don't do anything. Amen. If you have followed the process, <laughs> if you have followed the process and God is still leading you to immigrate, then immigrate. But please don't do anything until you have navigated this crossroad in God, and I want to encourage you with that. Take his instruction to heart because he has best plans for you. And if you do what he says, I promise you, you will find rest for your soul and you will be walking in his peace. Let us pray, let's stand. Father, I want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you for how practical your word actually is. And that God, we can, we can look at life and the crossroads of life through the lens of your word. And in doing so, we will never go wrong. Your leading Lord will take us along the right path. Your word will be a lamp unto our feet. Father, to those who, who maybe have believed they've gone a step too far and taken control and made decisions in haste, 
Lord, I pray right now by your spirit, you would instill hope that not all is lost. That your burden is light and your yoke is easy. And that we can come to you, Jesus, no matter what has happened in the past. And you promise us, because of your kind and gentle nature, that we will find rest for our souls. So Lord, I wanna pray for your people as there is just so much things going on at the moment. I pray that Lord, they would have the boldness to stand, that they would look Lord and they would consider, they would ask of the ancient paths, what the good way is Lord. They would go to your word and they would demand an answer of you which you are so willing to provide. And that Lord, once you have answered with full confidence and faith, we walk in it. We walk in it. And we will have peace for our souls. A promise which is so beautiful of you, God. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you for your goodness towards us. And I bless your people now as they go. And I say, God be with you till we meet again. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Bless you, family. Bless you.